I don't know how to follow uh, what just happened up here, as well as, uh, that was a lot of cheering. Hey, how's it going? Um, hi guys, if we haven't had a chance to meet before, yeah, like Chloe said, a lot of you might know me as S'more, or I think might know me as Sarah. Um, this is my first year on staff with Crew. I'm an intern here, just graduated from OU last spring, and so I'm really excited to be here with you tonight. I feel like I've spent a lot of time at 180 in the past, and it actually had a huge impact on my life uh, when I was a freshman. So I'm really excited to step into the series we have going on. Uh, yeah, if you've been here for the last couple of weeks, we're in the middle of our Glories of the Gospel series, where we're taking a look at what the gospel is and how wonderful it is that you can explain it to a kid in just like 60 seconds, but also how we can spend our entire lives just like freaking out about how great it is. Um, but before we get into this, I want to tell you a little bit about me, because I haven't been up here before, and so I want to introduce you to some of the things in my life that I love. The first one being my cat. <laughs> yeah, this is my cat Gizmo. He's amazing. He's 12 years old. He's super fat, as you can tell. He loves to sleep and to drink out of the bathtub and demand that I go to bed at like 7 p.m. every night. He's one of the greatest little creatures I've ever encountered, but maybe not my favorite. Uh, another little creature that I love uh, is my niece, Hadley. Um, <laughs> uh, this is Hadley. She's six years old. Uh, she's my sister's daughter. She just started kindergarten this year. She's currently obsessed with Taylor Swift. If anybody is a Taylor Swift fan, oh yeah. She's like really about to go through her reputation era like as a six-year-old. So I'm like a little scared of her. Sorry if you don't know what that means. Um, recently she told my sister that she was, quote, very worried that people won't understand her style when she gets to college. I like don't know what that means, but also I kind of relate to it. Um, <laughs> So I also have another niece named Noelle. She is so sweet. She's two years old um, and is learning how to talk right now and looks like really sweet and endearing in this picture, but in all honesty could take me down in a fist fight any day. She's like the strongest child I've ever met in my life and she scares me just a little bit, but I love her too. Um, yeah, my nieces came up last week to visit me in Athens and I was having such a good time playing with them. I went and picked up Noelle at one point and she like grabbed onto my hand and I was running around with her and set her back down and noticed after I set her down that my hand was like so sticky, <laughs> like a nightmare. Um, if you've ever been around kids, that's like the worst part of them. They're 100% sticky 100% of the time and I can't stand it. <laughs> but I was thinking about this later and thinking about it way too much as I do for a lot of things. Um, and I was like, man, I think this is a pattern in my life. I hate to be sticky, very literally, but I think in a really also spiritual sense, I hate to feel sticky. And I think that I so often think that sin feels really sticky. It feels like this thing that I encounter in my life that has a tendency to get stuck to me. Like it's stained me. It's left me feeling icky and like no amount of hand washing or getting over it is ever going to make me feel better. Uh, but the gospel actually tells us that Jesus has washed us clean from sin, but do we actually believe that? So tonight, as we look into the gospel, I hope that we can find together some really glorious truth of how fully forgiven we really are, how clean we actually are from our sin. Uh, one of the most glorious things about the gospel to me is how it proves me wrong, like over and over again, um, and points me to truth that's actually way greater than the lies that I believe Truth that tells me that sin isn't stuck to me to forever, that I'm not eternally stained and ruined because of it. Um, truth that tells me something so much better. So we're going to look at a passage tonight, but before we do that, I'm going to pray for us that the Lord would speak to us tonight. Uh, dear God, I thank you so much for a chance to, to read your word and to learn from it. Thank you that you are good and kind to teach us and to teach us things that are true about us. I thank you for the gospel, that it is beautiful 
all the time um, and pray that you would use our time together tonight uh, to be glorified through the words that I say and through the words that people hear. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Sweet. So if you have your Bibles with you tonight, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 13 through 15. Yeah, they're up on the screen, but if you have a Bible, I'd encourage you to pull it out. Um, but I'll read these for us, and then we'll dive in a little bit. So this says, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God has made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. I love this passage. There's so much going on in such a short amount of time, and so we're going to get into it, walk through it, and see what truth about the gospel we can find. Uh, something that I love about the start of verse 13 is that it really meets me in a believable place. Um, if you're like me, uh, I have a hard time kind of letting go of the guilt of sin. Even if I've confessed it to the Lord and it's out of my life, I just feel like there's this baggage behind me. And so when this verse starts off and is like, and you who were dead in your trespass, I'm like, oh my gosh, good point. I'm like, that's so true. I'm so on board. Um, but scripture, as it so often does, it corrects me. Me being dead in sin isn't actually the point here. Um, if we look on, we can see that Paul is actually getting to something that's kind of the complete opposite of this later on in the sentence. He goes on and he says, you who are dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him. It's like the complete opposite of being dead. We're, we're alive with Christ. Um, so Paul tells us that though we were once dead in our trespasses, it's to establish what's already over. Uh, we're reading this past reality and knowing that it no longer rings true for those who are in Christ. Because right now in the state that we're in, as we read this, if we're in Christ, we're alive together with him. We're no longer dead in our trespasses. But how can this be true? How can we go just from being dead in our own sin to then immediately being alive in Christ? And this is because God in his mercy has deeply and truly forgiven us. And Paul goes on to tell us, tell us this. He says, uh, having forgiven us all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death. Uh, those trespasses that we once did, they legally earned us death or separation from God, which super sucks. Uh, but God is just and he cares about our sin, so he's going to stand by that legal demand that our sin rightfully earned us. But Paul jumps into this kind of bad news spot and tells us something really amazing, that this legal demand of death that we owed because of our sin it's actually been paid for already by the death of Jesus. Jesus stepped in in our place and paid the penalty that we deserved. And because of this, dead, this death, our record of debt or our record of sin that demanded our death, it's been canceled. Our record of sin has been canceled. This thing that I so often believe is stuck to my life for forever is totally washed away. It's been taken off the record for eternity, all because of the complete work that Jesus did on the cross. And Paul even still goes on and says, and this, this like record of sin that we owed, Jesus set aside, nailing it to the cross. I like love the finality of this moment. It feels like an incredible like mic drop stop moment where it's like that sin nailed to the cross. Um, and we know that the cross wasn't even the final moment of the story, but actually three days later, Jesus conquered the power of the legal demand, the power of death itself and rose from the grave. And this matters, like, so much in our present reality right now. The resurrection is so important. Because of the past and complete work of Christ, because of his death and resurrection, 
Right now, you and I, we are made alive together with Christ. Just as our sin was with him on the cross, our life is now with him in his resurrection. And not only this, but Paul keeps going and gives us security into the future. We kind of get this past glimpse into once we were dead, currently we are alive, and into the future we get given this hope in verse 15, where Paul tells us that Jesus disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. There's no more power in this sin to control our life anymore. It's been nailed to the cross. It's been embarrassed. It's been put to shame. Like, it's over. Sometimes I can imagine that, like, sin from my past can get, like, stuck to me like my shadow. Like, where I go, it goes. This record follows me and will continue to follow me into the future. But this verse gives me a lot of hope. This, like, weird little shadow beast thing that I created in my brain has been totally disarmed and left on the cross. My sin has been put to open shame, embarrassed, left on the cross, and complete and utter defeat at the hands of Jesus, who triumphed over sin on my behalf and on your behalf. There's no record tied to any of us who are in Christ, no shadow of like a past self to linger behind any of us as we continue to walk with Jesus. Jesus won over all of that. Although we were once dead, we had a long record of sin that held us to the grave, now, through the rich forgiveness of God, Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection from the grave, we've been made alive with Christ, just as he's been made alive again from the grave. And that's freaking great news. <laughs> so good. Um, and I think this passage does a wonderful job of proving me wrong. Uh, my sin isn't stuck to me like I so often think it is and think that maybe many of us often think that it is. Uh, it's actually stuck to the cross, like, forever. But when scripture corrects me, it does more than just prove me wrong. It actually provides me with truth in place of the lie. So I want to take you to another spot in scripture where I find truth about how God sees me uh, for real. Not sticky and covered in this mess of my own sin, but actually as blameless and spotless before God. Uh, so we're going to flip over to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to look at verses, oh no, well, verses uh, 25 through 27. Is this working? Should I do something different? I don't know. I'll just read it. <laughs> um, so Ephesians uh, chapter 5, verses 27, sorry, it's 25 through 27 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ has loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water of the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Friends, I believe for all of us that are in Christ, we can find truth about ourselves in this passage. Paul starts this moment by talking about marriage, but quickly kind of derails and almost seems to like lose himself as he reveals how this is actually a painting of the church's reality in Christ. Friends, in this, we get to be the bride. We get to be the church. We are the ones who are sanctified. We are the ones who are cleansed, and we are the ones that are presented to Christ one day in splendor. We are without spot or wrinkle. You and I are presented to Christ as holy and without blemish. Paul calls us holy and blameless, not just here, but also in Ephesians 1.4, in Philippians 2.15, in Colossians 1.22, in 1 Thessalonians 1.10. I'm like, wow, there seems to be a pattern here. <laughs> this seems to be something really important to Paul when he calls us this. There's no sin stuck to us. There's no stain or residue that it leaves behind. There's no record of wrongs following us like a shadow. And this is because of the complete work that Jesus did on the cross. I went to a wedding last week and was reminded of Ephesians 5 uh, pretty much the whole time. 
Weddings are a place where I always get like really soft about the gospel and just think about it a whole bunch uh, during the day. And so I was sitting at the ceremony, um, waiting for the bride to come out and meet her groom. And I was just praying and asking the Lord to use that moment to teach me more about the gospel. Um, And so we're sitting there waiting for her to come out. And uh, I look back and there she is. Uh, But before the groom even sees her, I like look up and see how he's doing. And he's already crying, like before he even sees his bride. Um, Just the thought of her, he was just overjoyed and excited and just filled with affection for her. And then he like catches sight of her and she's in this beautiful gown that's totally spotless, without wrinkle. um, And she's presented to her groom in splendor, just like in Ephesians 5. And again, I look back to the groom and he's just like, like straight up like breaking down. He's like crying and laughing and crying more, um, just rejoicing over this presentation of his bride. Um, And I looked and I thought to myself, how much more must Christ rejoice over his church? How much more have I been made spotless and blameless before God that he might rejoice over me as I am one day presented to Christ in splendor? How much more must Christ rejoice over me now? And friends, I ask you, how much more must Christ rejoice over you? Christ who has made you alive with him. Christ who has taken your sin out of the way and Christ who has nailed it to the cross. Christ who has made you holy and blameless. Christ who presents you to himself in splendor. How much more does he rejoice over you? And I urge you to rejoice along with Christ. Rejoice in the finished work of the cross that tells us that our sin has been defeated and that we are washed clean from it for eternity. Rejoice in the fullness of forgiveness. We're going to pray for us. Dear God, I thank you so much for the joy of forgiveness, for the joy of the complete work of the cross, Lord, that we can step aside and know that you have um, taken our sin out of the way, Lord, and we can walk in the fullness of forgiveness. Yeah, God, I thank you for the completion of that work, that we can live a life that is honoring to you when we accept that we are fully forgiven and that our sin is not tied to us anymore. Uh, Jesus, I thank you that you love us enough to, to die for us at the right time and to raise us from the grave and align us with your life. I pray for each of my friends here tonight that we would know the reality of forgiveness and we would rejoice in it day to day and glorify you through that rejoicing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the 180 Podcast, a production of Crew in Southeast Ohio. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, a share, or leave an encouraging comment, and that will go a long way toward helping others hear about the podcast. The podcast isn't the only thing that we do. Whether you're a student living on campus or if you're still at home studying virtually, we'd encourage you to check us out on social media to hear more about what's going on. You can follow us on Instagram at crew at OU, Or to learn more about who we are and what we do, head over to our website, crew at OU.org. We'd encourage you if you visit the site to complete our involvement form to get more connected to all the things that are happening. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another episode of The One